Hi there, and welcome to episode 24 of McCabe Kerwood's Trial by Podcast. The podcast that provides you with fortnightly updates on interesting areas of the law that you probably haven't even thought about. I'm your host, Andrew Gavea, and on today's episode, I'll be discussing the legal implications that can arise from influencer marketing on social media. Now, what I mean by that, for those who aren't avid users of social media, is that influencer marketing refers to the practice of using social media influencers who are individuals which have raised a decent amount of followers and can show a strong engagement with those followers being paid by brands to promote their product or services through posts showing that influencer engaging with their product and in some instances recommending the product to their followers. This form of marketing goes by many names such as sponsored content, context-driven advertising, integrated content or native advertising. And the way it works in practice is that the brands who, for example, sell gymwear will target influencers who embrace and promote an active lifestyle and encourage them to wear their gymwear while training or asking them to work their products into a healthy recipe. The more seamless the marketing appears or the more the product appears to be part of the influencer's lifestyle, the more effective it is. In the examples I've mentioned, the objective is the same. The brand is attempting to align itself with a lifestyle so that the consumer who sees the influencer using a particular product or service wants to emulate that and buys that product because the influencer has what I call social credit, meaning their recommendations carry weight. But this is where we start getting into hot water, because if an influencer is now being paid by a brand to use their products in a way that appears organic, but it isn't, could that not mislead a consumer into believing that the influencer genuinely likes the product instead of it being a paid advertisement? and not a genuine recommendation? Well, the simple answer is yes. And the ACCC recognizes that while there have not been any cases of influencers having been found to have engaged in misleading and deceptive conduct under Section 18 of the Australian Consumer Law, these laws still apply to influencer marketing in the same way they apply to any other marketing or sales channel. That being said, because there is a recognized problem that influencer marketing may result in consumers being misled, the area is not completely unregulated. In Australia, the Australian Association of National Advertisers have established a code of practice which requires that all posts involving sponsored content must be clearly distinguished with the use of captions such as hashtag ad or other similar words. If an influencer fails to do so, they may be subject to complaints against them and potentially a subsequent claim of misleading and deceptive conduct. However, the use of prominent hashtags to distinguish sponsored and non-sponsored content is not so straightforward, and in fact was the centre of a recent decision by the British ASA, which is the UK equivalent to Australia's advertising watchdog. In that decision, the British ASA revealed that after receiving a consumer complaint, it initiated a probe into fast fashion giant ASOS and Zoe Silk, aka Zoella, after the heavily followed YouTube personality posted a photo of herself wearing a dress from ASOS to her Instagram story in July 2019, along with the caption, Lots of you loving the dress I'm wearing in my newest post. It's from Miss Selfridge. Swipe up to shop. In addition to alerting her followers about where to purchase the dress, swiping up on the story took users to a product page on the ASOS website. She included additional text at the bottom right-hand side of the image that stated, Affiliate. 
The issue was whether the ad was obviously identifiable as a marketing communication, or in other words, was the use of affiliate enough to convey to her followers the existence of the commercial relationship between ASOS and Zoe. ASOS accepted that the disclosure in the story was not sufficiently prominent because it was obscured by the platform's on-screen graphics when viewed on a mobile phone. However, they believed that in principle, the disclosure affiliate should be considered adequate to signpost where there is a purely affiliate relationship in place between a brand and influencer. ASOS said that affiliate was a clear and accurate description of the nature of the content and that consumers would not see it as an ad in the commonly understood sense of the word. Now, the British ASA disagreed and found that the research showed that labels which were clearly visible and well understood did raise the likelihood of people positively identifying material as advertising. However, a significant percentage of participants were not able to identify influencer advertising as definitely an ad, even where ad was positioned at the start of text. And those low levels of recognition were also found in the wider academic literature. Additionally, the text at the bottom of the story stated affiliate. However, that text was obscured by the app's direct message icon. We acknowledge that the ad included references to the brand of the dress and a call to action to purchase it. We however did not consider it would be sufficiently clear to users that there was a commercial relationship between Zoe and ASOS and that the story was in fact an ad. Although the text affiliate was obscured on the Instagram story, we also considered whether the term itself would be sufficient to obviously identify an ad as such. Both ASOS and Zoe had pointed to various examples in the research which they believe supported the argument that affiliate was a sufficient label to communicate that content was an affiliate ad. However, only 38% of participants felt that they would be able to confidently explain what the word affiliate meant when displayed on social media, which put it amongst the terms that participants were least confident explaining. In no example where affiliate was used in isolation did more than 45% of participants recognize it as an ad, and the low levels of recognition of ads in the research overall demonstrated difficulties of obviously differentiating ads from other content on social media platforms. We consider that the term affiliate was therefore unlikely to be sufficiently clear as a standalone label to ensure affiliate ads were obviously identifiable. We concluded that the ad was not obviously identifiable as such and did not make clear its commercial intent. It was therefore found to be in breach of the code. Now, this finding is illustrative of the fine line social media influencers walk when they receive payment to create sponsored content and then try to distinguish that content through the use of hashtags or other words such as hashtag affiliate. So it's important that if you ever find yourself insta-famous enough to be paid for a post, you make it clear to your audience through the use of hashtags or other methods that it is in fact sponsored content. And ensure when you are conveying that message, it isn't obscure or difficult to read. Otherwise, you could find yourself in some trouble. So with that being said, that brings us to the end of another Trial by Podcast with me, Andrew Gouveia. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a like or comment. And if you want to know more, please reach out at mccabecode.com.au for more information. All the best.